Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Hey everybody, it's Josh here with a uh, very different kind of message here uh, from what you're used to from Bottom Shelf Bitcoin. Um, we're not actually talking about Bitcoin today, or I'm not. Um, this is just kind of a Christmas message from me to you. Uh, I'll be back later in the week with a regular episode about Bitcoin. So, um, you know, I can't force you to listen to this one, but... It's important to me, so I'm sharing it with you. I played that clip from Charlie Brown because I think, to me, the Charlie Brown Christmas is probably the best Christmas movie. I'm not going to say it's necessarily my favorite, but it is probably the most real. Um, It deals with the commercialism of Christmas and kind of the stressful nature of all these Christmas events, you know, school plays and... um, And even good things like seeing family and just um, the back and forth and all of it, trying to cram so much into like a month's worth of time. Um, And then the reality that there's some people that just aren't excited about Christmas um, or the holidays or whatever holiday you celebrate. You know, Charlie's got these Christmas blues and uh, I just think, I think that's a very real and honest look at how some people feel. Um, Maybe they've had a bad experience or death of a loved one makes the holidays especially painful or maybe they're just not into everything that everybody else is and maybe they wonder if there's something wrong because they just don't see it the same way Um, you know and then and then you get that speech at the end from Linus that reminds everyone what Christmas is really about which is the birth of Jesus Um, and so that's that's why I think Charlie Brown Christmas is probably the best Christmas movie because it has all of that and it's just a very real and honest look at all of it together Um, now uh, unfortunately I don't think I or I think there's a lot of people out there that maybe don't have the same kind of background to to even necessarily understand what Linus is getting at here so um, I'm honestly just going to kind of give some background um, as far as why the birth of Jesus matters. And um, because let's be honest, right? Like people all around the world don't celebrate my birthday. They probably don't celebrate your birthday. And uh, I know that there's a lot of people who celebrate Christmas that are not Christians um, or who celebrate other things at Christmas or who don't celebrate Christmas at all and just enjoy the holiday season or whatever. But um, this is where Christmas come from, comes from, and it's meaningful to me, so I'm sharing it here. 
So long before Christmas, at the beginning of time, God created Earth, and He created man and woman, and placed them in the Garden of Eden, this perfect paradise. But they uh, desired more than what God had given them, and they broke the one rule He had given them, and they ended this perfect fellowship between God and mankind. And so God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden because they could no longer be in His presence. And um, that was sin. That was when sin came into the world, and that was passed down from Adam and Eve to all generations beyond that. And uh, and real quick, as an aside, like um, I'm gonna put links in the show notes to uh, to some direct Bible quotes and 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 resources online if you want to kind of dig deeper into this stuff. This is gonna be very surface. This is not gonna be like a big full-length Bible history or anything like that, and maybe some also kind of like uh, summary videos and things like that, that if you want to go deeper. So, um, okay, so flash forward a couple hundred years, and um, we see in, in Exodus the story of God rescuing his chosen people out of slavery in Egypt. He leads them out of Egypt, and then through Moses gives them his laws. And this includes animal sacrifice, which substitutes the death that people deserve for sin with the death of an animal. It was not really sufficient, uh, as we see. You know, looking back now, we have the full the, the benefit of scripture that that they didn't have back then. But we see that. Um, well, I'll, I'll get into that later. But basically. Um, it was not sufficient for all of time. Um, you know, more sin required more animal sacrifices, basically. They, they would have to sacrifice again and again because we all know that we're, we're humans and we're not perfect, right? That's part of the human condition. Um, we screw up over and over again. So, you know, there's many stories throughout the Bible. I, I highly encourage you to read them, um, but we just don't have time for all of that today. So I'm going to be focusing on the biggest points that kind of point towards um, from from the beginning of human history through the Bible that lead up to the birth of Jesus. So, you know, flash forward and over the years, um, you know, God speaks to his people through specific people, um, through prophets, and um, sometimes he speaks to kings, etc. And through his prophets, he tells of a savior that he's going to send, a messiah, a a rescuer, to save his people and through him also to save all nations. And, uh, you know, prophecies are always a little vague, but they do say things like they, he, the, the messiah would come from Bethlehem and he would be a descendant from the line from the tribe of Judah. He would be born of lowly means, etc. And uh, things like that. And so, um, you know, but the prophets also brought harsh words and called people out for their hypocrisy and, um, you know, told kings when they were going counter to what God wanted. And so um, people didn't often listen to the prophets. Um, and a lot of times they persecuted them, they were chased out, they were killed, to the point that it w eventually we have this... Um, you know, 
if you if you look at the Bible, it's broken up into Old Testament and New Testament, and there's like somewhere around three hundred years or so between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, and we just, um, you know, we have no record of God speaking to anyone um, between those points. So now we have this time which to our knowledge is, is a time of spiritual darkness and um, and God chooses this time and I'll see if I can find some references that kind of talk about maybe why God chose this time a lot of it kind of has to do with the way that the Roman Empire was expanding and building roads and blah 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 um, you know as Bitcoiners we, we kind of see that there are certain inflection points in history where um certain technologies line up to allow the spread of information obviously so maybe that's why god chose this time whatever the reason um god sends an angel gabriel to a young girl named mary who is engaged to be married to a man named joseph and gabriel tells mary that she's going to have a baby that is god's son that is going to save his people um i think we kind of especially in western culture We've heard this story so many times that the the gravity of this pronouncement is lost on us. Remember that in this time, for a woman to have a baby outside of marriage was a huge deal. It was... It would have been, at the very least, she would be facing massive social persecution, um, potentially even death. Um, or, or being disowned by her family um, for having a child outside of marriage. Um, but she trusted the angel and said that she would do what God asked. And when Joseph found out that she was pregnant, he made plans to just quietly divorce her. Um, you know, I don't blame him for for kind of not believing her. Obviously, this is kind of the only um, time this has ever happened in history, right? And so um, it was this shameful thing that she had done to him, but he didn't want harm for her, right? So he was just going to do it quietly, um, not make a big announcement of it just to, I guess, protect her. Um, but then the angel came to him as well and basically verified what she had told him, that the baby was from God and not from another man. So then Joseph does something that shows um, a lot of faith and um, you know a very low time preference kind of mentality. And he marries, he goes ahead and marries Mary and then doesn't sleep with her until after the baby is born. Um, which is just kind of mind-boggling to me that, um, you know, he could restrain himself. I don't know. Um, so, so he sacrifices his pride and his reputation to protect her and to obey God, trusting that this really was God's son, that this child really was special. And then shortly before the baby is born, they are forced to go to Bethlehem so that a census can be taken of all the Roman world. 
And if you've ever tried to get a hotel last minute in a city where there's some big large conference or, you know, um, playoff games or something like that is going on, you'll understand kind of what they were going through. Um, and keep in mind, obviously, they didn't have the internet. They couldn't just look up uh, hotel rooms or something like that. So there's no room for them anywhere they look. There's no, no inn has available space. So they end up staying in this stable. And, um, you know, in our house, for my kids, we've got the little Fisher-Price, little people nativity scene. And it's very cute, and everyone's chubby and and looks like baby-faced. And um, it's like this nice A-frame barn with lots of fluffy hay everywhere. And while that is cute and nice for my kids to play with, it's just not realistic at all. Um, you know, imagine this is not like um, the stable at SeaWorld where the Anheuser-Busch Clydesdales stay that's all fancy, right? Um, this is probably like a dirty cave carved out of the side of a hill. And it smells like animals and poop and, you know, hey, put your newborn baby in a food trough. Um it's not plushy, right? Um, and we could go on and talk about the shepherds and the wise men and all these other things, but I'm trying not to, to make this into a full-length episode. Um, I will say, though, you know, God sends, um, and I'll, I'll put links to these different things, and, and this is kind of what Linus says, you know, the angels came and made this announcement that God had sent his rescuer to shepherds and shepherds were not um highly valued by society right these are not only common people but just like looked down upon people so it's very interesting who god chooses and and you might stop and think like oh this is a nice christmas story but it doesn't end here Um, In many ways, Christmas is a beginning. It's uh, like a landing force for, uh, or like a landing of an invasion force uh, at the beginning of a military campaign, right? The birth of Jesus matters because the life and death of Jesus matters. Again, right? Nobody celebrates your, people are all over the world don't celebrate your birthday and my birthday. and so it's because of what Jesus did that we, we celebrate his birth. And um, so, so as time, you know, goes on, Jesus grows. And in many ways, he's like other children, but obviously he's also different. Um, he never sinned. And for those of you who are parents, uh, yeah, that's hard to imagine, right? Like it's, and, and even those of you who are not parents, like it's very hard to imagine, like, someone who doesn't, you know, either intentionally or unintentionally do something wrong and sinful. Um, When he is about 30, Jesus begins traveling around and telling people about God and telling it in a way that that he has a a full knowledge of the scriptures, right? Something that at that time many people spent... um, 
well-off people in Jewish society spent years and years and years learning and memorizing and training and studying under other teachers to learn how to interpret scripture and all of these things. And here's this guy who has no formal schooling, um, you know, raised by a carpenter. And yet he is speaking in a way that, um, you know, makes it accessible to the everyday man. And at the same time, very much is upsetting the religious order of the day and calling them out for their hypocrisy and their kind of oppression and abuse of the people. And, um, and so, you know, you see through the Gospels, through the books of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, many times these religious leaders try and trap Jesus in debates and either provoke him or catch him in gotcha moments. Um, but but being both fully God and fully man, he, he knows their hearts. And he is able to um, um, word things in a way with rhetoric and with references to Old Testament scripture that they would know, kind of show their faulty arguments and and show them for their ill intentions that they had and uh, kind of confound their plans. And so, um, you know, eventually the religious leaders conspire together and, um, and have him arrested. And they conduct this illegal trial at night. By their own rules, it's illegal. They find him guilty of blasphemy, but their laws don't allow him allow them to actually execute him. So they take him to the Romans to try and get the Romans to do their dirty work for him. And he kind of gets passed around because nobody really wants to take responsibility for this. And, you know, there's a lot more details there that, that I encourage you to go read for yourself, right? Um, you know, faith is very much a, a in line with this idea of don't trust, verify. And at a certain point, obviously, there is faith. Um, you, you can't verify with your own eyes or your own ears, Right, you weren't there. I wasn't there. Um, th- there is a certain amount of trust that has to be there. But but what I'm saying is, don't trust me. Go read it in the Bible for yourself. Um, you know, the short version though is that that Pilate eventually gives Jesus over to be crucified, and Jesus is tortured and nailed to a cross, and he dies. And he really died. Um, they shoved a spear in his side, so. I know there's this idea out there from some people that say like, oh yeah, they nailed him to the cross and they um, put him in the tomb, but he wasn't really dead. And then, you know, he was able to kind of, to to come back to consciousness and get out. Like, n- n- no, that just doesn't even make sense um, if you take it on face value, because these are like railroad spikes driven into your hands and feet. And then they shoved a spear in his side and then just to make sure that his followers didn't come take his body, um, you know, the Romans roll a stone, and this isn't like a little stone, this is a huge rock in front of the tomb and place Roman guards outside. Um, and all of these things, as well as the birth, were, were talked about in um, the prophets of old. So he died and he was buried. But then on the third day, God raised him from the dead. The stone was rolled away 
and he was back to life. There were scars in his hands, and he appeared to his disciples several times and walked among um, the people, and the Bible says that I think somewhere around 200 people or something like that saw him between his resurrection, and then later he ascended into heaven, um, charging his disciples to go into the world and tell the good news that Jesus paid the penalty for their sins and offered forgiveness. The Bible tells us that one day he is going to come back to destroy evil from the world and take his people home to heaven. And this is why Christmas matters. This was the beginning of God keeping his promise to send a Savior that would save his people and later save all nations. Um, You can read in Acts about how um, this... Uh, the news of Jesus spread, um, you know, first through the Jewish people, the Jewish community, and then how the Jewish church started persecuting them, and it spread and and went to non-Jews. Um, but but um, you know, so it goes to all nations. The Bible says that salvation is available to any who would believe. And my hope is that if you're listening today, you would believe. But I can't wish that and make it be true for you. You have to believe that for yourself. You know, it's voluntary, it's opt-in. I can tell you that the Bible promises the wrath of God that awaits for those who reject Him is eternal misery. It's, you know, Bitcoiners talk about low time preference and looking to the future and understanding those things that we can. And I can tell you that this life is short. We're not promised tomorrow. Um, uh, I'm not. I'm not trying to say this for a sob story that you feel bad for me, but just to drive this point home, I lost two friends in this past year that were young. Um, one was a few years older than me, and one was in high school. And um, so, so I say that because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Whether you're old or young, you don't know how many days you have left. And, um, so don't put it off. I guess that's what I'm saying. Um, there's no magic words. Like, you know, uh, you, you may have been in a church sometime that said, just pray this prayer and believe. And, and there's no special words that you have to say. It's, it's not magic. It's not an incantation, right? It's a, it's a confession. God looks at your heart. What is your heart saying to him? And it's confessing that you acknowledge that you are sinful and that because of that sin you've been separated from God and, and by God's laws you were condemned to hell. But you recognize that and that you need forgiveness and that, that forgiveness is only available through Jesus, through his perfect life and his death on the cross that served as the perfect fulfillment of the Old Testament example of sacrifice. And that that sacrifice was sufficient to cover all of your past and future sins. That doesn't mean you're never going to sin again, but that means that the penalty has been paid if you would take that and believe that he really lived, he really died, and he was really um, raised from the dead and that he's coming again. It's a free gift, but you have to reach out and take it. 
I know that hearing me say all of this stuff, this is very different from the normal episodes of the show. And if this is the first time you've ever listened to this show, uh, yeah, very different. Um, go back and listen to the episode, other episodes, and you'll 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 hear that I don't I don't talk about my faith a whole lot. I mean, it comes up here and there, but it's more of a peripheral thing. Um, and for you guys that are normally listen, know that like I said earlier, uh, I'll be back releasing another episode later in the week where I'll be back to talking about Bitcoin. But if this episode did mean something to you, or if you have more questions, you want to talk more, you think that this is all baloney, and you want me to know that you think it's baloney, or um, you say, hey, that sounds good, but what about this? What I've heard this, or that this isn't real, or how can you um, believe that what the Bible says is true on its face? Um, DM me. My DMs are open. I would love to talk to you more about this stuff. I'd like to talk to you about Bitcoin, but I'd, I'd even more love to talk to you about this stuff. Um, so let me know if you have questions or whatever. Anyway, for Bottom Shelf Bitcoin, I'm Josh Humphrey. Have a very Merry Christmas.
and sing this chorus rejoice